Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. We worked at the LA Times. Um, uh, I had just uh, I, you know, had a really crazy childhood and I had to, you know, you had to get a job or get out. And so I got a job at the LA Times newspaper and it was in Torrance. And I saw her walk in and she had on this red, I don't know what they call it, scorch. Red, uh-huh, scorch, yeah. And I said, I'm gonna marry that girl. He did. She had the prettiest legs I've ever seen today. <laughs> and I said, I'm gonna marry her. And I, and I would try to call her and talk to her. Mm. But I was, you know, she would always hang. She was, it was just weird. She would always hang up on me, and she would always pretend like she wasn't there. So I guess about two years of, I think it was about two years of trying, because mm-hmm. um, she wasn't like we sold newspapers, and she was a horrible. I was bad. She was. I'm not good at that. Yeah, she's not. Good. <laughs> so she finally agreed to go out with me, and then we started going out just as friends, mm-hmm. and you know, we, I, of course, I dug her for the moment. I, I love. I, I knew that I would marry her from the minute I saw her, and we would go out and hang out. Her sister would come, and mm-hmm. um, then she kept seeing this guy. And by this time, I was like, you know what? And then we were like eight, nine months in. I said, if you go see that guy again, I'm done. I said, I'm, I'm sitting up here trying to give you a mate, a, a, the world, and you taking a chance on a maybe. Even though I didn't, I was broke, <laughs> still living with my mama, we were poor. <laughs> And she went to see him and I went, all right, that's it. He wasn't just this guy. He was my boyfriend. And we were friends. And I mean, like best friends. He was like the best friend to me. And that's like this one question we were asked about uh, friends. Like he's going to say, I would never be his friend. He could never be my friend. And we're best friends. We tell each other that now, of course. But he's saying he's never. he was never my friend in the beginning, just my friend, right? And I'm like... We're best friends. What are you talking about? But the bottom line is, it wasn't like I was seeing some guy. Like, um, you know, he was my boyfriend. And I met my now husband, of course, when I was still in a relationship because we were working at the LA Times. And I mean, he was just so charming and amazing and all of that. But as a friend, and I would sit by him because he would always make me laugh. But he wasn't a comedian at the time. We, You know, he's just this lovely guy at work kind of thing and he did tell me if I go see him again then that was it you know I'm like it what you know we're friends and I did go see him he's my boyfriend I went to San Francisco State he was still there after that though when he did that I was like oh wait a minute you know and my cousins used to always tease me about my husband not Daryl because every time I went someplace I know I know every time I went someplace I he was always with me my sister me he we're rolling deep And he would lay on my lap. I mean, as friends, you know. And so my cousins would tease me. They're like, he's not just your friend. What friend does that? I'm like, no, really. You know, so bottom line is I came back and he was like, he wouldn't call me, wouldn't talk to me. I was like, oh, my God, I can't lose him. So uh, my boyfriend and I were drifting apart. You know, we were, that happens. He's up there. I'm down here. We spent a lot of time on on, on our Be quiet. But the bottom line is, um, you were so much more than just uh, a friend. So evidently he was there in my heart and I didn't even know how, how st- deeply as far as 
more than just a friend. She but, would keep coming around. Like I was, I was like, I'm not <laughs> about to. I'm gonna be something one day. Somebody, you know. And I really missed her, and I knew, I knew that I would be missing something, and I knew it would be bad. But I had not had a lot of things in my life growing up, so I thought, okay, I'll just go, go through. And then when she, her and her sister would call, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. answer, and then they would come around, and I wouldn't. Then so one day, about three weeks later, they just came over, and, and um, they made dinner. And I went over for dinner. Yeah. You know, then we started hanging out because it was all it was always us three. Us three. And then it was it was weird for her because we started having a relationship, and I guess it had shifted for her. It had never been different for me. So we started hanging out, and I remember the first time she gave me some, like it was a big secret. We had to drive way, way out, out to far. It's like Boyle Heights, and they had the girls out of the gangbanger like because she didn't want to <laughs> give me none in the in the city radius, I guess. So that was the first mm-hmm. time. We'd ever, uh, we'd ever done anything. I, mm-hmm. Like I said, I, it, it didn't. Nothing looked different for me. Like I knew I was, I was, I was a young, young guy. But I, so I didn't. I knew that I would marry her. I just didn't know how I would take care of a family. Yeah. I didn't know how I would uh, make a way for us. But I knew that she counted on me too. I mean, I knew that I would have to be worth her time. But I see. There he goes again with that. I always saw the best in him before I think he saw it in himself, because I think that. I grew up a certain way. I grew up believing and being told I could do anything, I could be anything. I was the bee's knees. I just grew up in a very structured, cocooned, <laughs> I don't know, just a very... I, was, I used um, to go, what kind of, what kind of, who are, where are yeah. you from? Yeah, I, I grew up very sheltered, but very yeah. liberal. I mean, my parents, they just talked about everything. We did things together. We went to fancy dinners. We just did all of that. So when I saw him, he possessed that, but I didn't know his background, meaning his presentation of himself to me was exactly how I grew up. I didn't know anything different because what come to find out what he did was he read me and became what he thought I needed him to be on the outside. But on the inside, he was already that. You see what I'm saying? He would dress a certain way to approach me, I, I guess, but his heart and his soul was already exactly what I needed, I and I guess. We had totally different experiences. Even now, I think her experiences inform the way she processes things and the way she sees things. And mine are totally different. And so I didn't see it as me trying to be what anybody wanted. I only knew, like, I remember the first time we went to dinner, I had never been to, like, I had never been to a place. Like, like I could make money. I, I could hustle and make money. But I didn't know where to go or what to do. Like, I didn't used to wear lotion and stuff. I didn't used to wear, <laughs> I didn't know you were supposed to. I, I used to only put lotion on my hands because I didn't know. I, I, would, I, would, I didn't know how to wear cologne. I didn't know how to act in, a, in, 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 in restaurants and stuff like that. It's like, so her father would come pick her up and they would go to dinner and she would insist that I go. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like me. And he put me out of the car one time. Because so you were talking about, about his car. car. He was talking about his car. And her mother used to think I was the most arrogant dude. Mm-hmm. And she said, she's so, he's so arrogant. Because I, I was the broke, I mean, like I, I believed in, in me. And I, I which, which was based on nothing. But I had never seen, besides my Anita, another human being believe. So I, I, it, was, yeah. it was a weird kind of thing. And that, you know, it's so funny you say that because he would say things and I would believe it. I literally <laughs> believed it. He yeah. said, if he said this was going to happen and we were going to do this, that, or the other, yeah. I just blindly believed it. I, because I, I just saw so much in him. And I didn't know how we were going to do it, much like him. I didn't know how we were going to do it. And my faith, too, I have to say. I mean, I just believed 
that he was going to do and be and become whatever we dreamt about. We used to go to Redondo Beach Pier and, and um, we'd pack a lunch. We'd go to this Italian place and get these sandwiches and things like that. And we'd go to the beach um, life, lifeguard shack thingy and sit up there, watch the waves at night and literally pipe dream our, our little hearts off. We would just, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and we're gonna have these many kids and this, that and the other. I'm like, okay, you know, and not silly okay, we were like serious in our dreams and I mean, we spoke it out and it happened. I don't know, I've, I've always been, I believe his, his best cheerleader, beside his Aunt Nita, I have to say. Yeah. But I've been his best cheerleader. I believe still that he's gonna do what he says he's gonna do. This is what I told my mom. I said, mommy, he's not arrogant, he's confident. What you're hearing, he's confident in who he is. And my mother, I believe, never saw anybody that young, that determined. She didn't know his heart and, and, and where, you know, she didn't have those talks with him, I did. And so what she was seeing was, he would say, I'm gonna marry your daughter, I'm gonna do this, that, or the other. And he didn't ask, could he? He didn't ask for permission. He said, no, I'm going, I'm going to do these things. And I was like, he is, he really is, you know? So my mom thought that was arrogant, you know? And I'm like, no, he's confident. He knows what he's talking about, really. I believe in God, obviously, but she has a, she just has a, a, a level of belief and, and um, a, a commitment to her beliefs that I, I don't necessarily have, but I believe in her and I believe in, I don't believe, like, I don't believe that I met a woman who was as good as her. I, the people in the Bible weren't as good as a woman, I, I think I said, <laughs> in, in, in my estimation, but I'm not like that. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not like that. So when I hear her say these things, knowing the things I I'm, I'm have done, capable of doing, she has a a way of processing things that I'm. I think I'm more unvarnished than she is. And so it's interesting to hear her, and and to know that she really believes it. In spite, like she she still believes OJ's innocent. She still does. She doesn't. She does. She still does. Like I'm like you. She believes stuff that you, I'm like, you can't believe that. <laughs> you were, and, and I think my children are, are more like me. Yeah. And I think that, that she refuses to, it's almost like she's made this place and like she has a prayer room upstairs. Yeah. And I think she has that in her heart, in her head too. He, so. he tells me sometimes, often, I want to visit the world you live right. in. Like, come on over, yeah, you on. know? And I don't live in a fairy tale. I really don't. But I just, I mean, my cup is usually half full. You know, I see the brighter side of things, not because I want to, but just because it's just who I am and who I was created to be. And I bring him over sometime. You know, he comes on over sometime. Yes. <laughs> Nine, 19 and 20 when we met. He's 19, I'm 20. I'm kind of a cougar. Hold on, before we got married. Oh, sorry. Um, I, it was two years before. We, like, I, 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 no, I think three. We, honey. No, it wasn't because we started dating in 84 and we got married in 86. No, honey, we got we started dating. Okay, we, you're right. We did start dating in 84, but we we met in 83. We and met so in 82. 82. You're right. You're, we met in 82. So we became this best friend entity in 83. No, in 84. 83. Because I say we, we were best friends for a year and a half and we dated for a year and a half. That's my estimation. So... That's wrong. No, it's not. Because in 84, <laughs> I, I remember calling her in 84, and that was the first time we ever started going out. So we dated for nine months, and then we were together. We, it wasn't right. a year and a half. It was, it was nine months, you know. Well, I'm counting the best friend part in there. You You're right. We did date. I know, but for, I said for me, 
you, you it, but at any rate, it was 84. <laughs> it was 84. But we met in 82. Right. I knew her since 82. Look, when I say you're not, I think that it's in, impossible for a man to be just anything with anybody. I would never say I was just anything. Either I'm your friend or I'm not. Either I'm your business associate or I'm not. I'm not just any. I think just minimizes things. So I would have been whatever she I needed to be to be in her life. So if that's what she had to call it, that's fine. But for me, I'm like, you can call me what you want to, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that. From that day to this is how I think we kind of are. I didn't propose. I said, at this point, I, I, I didn't have a high school diploma. Yeah. And, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I didn't have, a, I never got to high school. So I, I had to get a job. So I wanted to, I said, I'll go to the police department. So mm-hmm. I said, the minute I get accepted into the police department, <laughs> I'll ask you to marry me. So I got accepted to the police department. <laughs> and I was there for a week and I got uh, shin splints yes. and I couldn't go back. But here she was. I never physically said, Will you marry, will you marry me? me? He did not. I, I got an acceptance letter and she started making plans. So then all of a sudden, he said, we get married and I didn't have a job. I said, I believed him. I he said, he said that and he said, we're going to get married. He didn't ask me. He said, we're going to get married. I'm like, okay. I said, if I get accepted to the police department. And you did. And so I got accepted. But a week later, I, I wasn't in the police department right. anymore. This woman married me when I was making minimum wage, literally. Mm-hmm. Minimum, matter, matter of fact, she. But for, for we but we got an apartment we couldn't like afford. We moved way on the tour because they promised me a promotion for the LA Times I was gonna get. I was a, a sales rep and then I moved up to detail clerk and then I moved up to assistant manager and then I moved up to manager and then I moved up to division manager. But I did all of this because I knew I had to take care of it. So and plus she made like two dollars more an hour yep, more than, than me, I did. and it yeah. drove me crazy. I was like, <laughs> I was like he's like that'll never happen and, again. And, and I, so I, was, I was like, uh-uh. And so everything I did, you know, I remember to get the job at the LA Times, I pretended like I'd gone to college mm-hmm. and had them write me a letter so I could get a job. And I just, I just knew that I couldn't fail her. Like when we first got married, she let's get pregnant. I'm like, okay, well, well, well. And so it was, it was partly her belief, and then. When she says we dream these things, she told me what she dreamed, and I said, okay, that, that's that's kind of, like I never thought of, I knew I would do something. I didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. but I knew I would do something. But it was, it, she was the coach, and I executed the plan. She said, this will be what it is we should have, and that's what we did. She was a general in that way, and I was a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> she said, conquer that land, all right, and that's what I, that's what I did. Well, it, it's working. <laughs> Yes, I did see myself getting married. I Yes, married with children, all of that. Home, white picket fence. That was my vision. Yeah, I can't, I can't say I thought about that when I was growing up. I didn't, I thought about trying to live and survive, but I never thought, I never thought about what life would be like after I, I do, it was kind of a blank space. So no, I didn't think about that, but I knew when I met her, I would marry her. That was the first, I can, I can say that it was the first time that that thought ever entered my mind. Mm-hmm. So you guys got married. So we got yes. married. Um, when did comedy come into the picture? Um, I used to always go to the barbershop um, on 135th and Avalon. I would get my hair. Well, at the time, I was going to Avalon. I would get my hair cut. And these cats used to sell VCRs and weed and ta- do taxes and promoters. And they, they said, and I used to always be in the barbershop talking about people. And so 
one day he said, if you think you're so funny, get on stage. We're doing a concert with Robin Harris and Blue Magic. <laughs> and so it was a joint called The Total Experience on Crenshaw. And um, I went, <laughs> they gave me a microphone. I went on stage and I knew instantly that was what I was supposed to do. We were married and pregnant. Yeah, because we, yeah, we got married. We got uh, married February 22nd, 1986, got pregnant May of 1986 on purpose. We were trying. <laughs> we had this really. I, 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 yeah, I was just, I was just having fun. <laughs> but she was like, I, we were trying. Yeah. So um, when that happened, I was, when as far as you performing for Robin Harris, mm -hmm. I, I just had Ryan, our older. No, Ryan was. was well, I was pregnant with Ryan. Uh, Ryan was Ryan, no. Ryan was a baby, baby, because I didn't. It was a couple of years. But she was she was a baby, but yeah, she was newborn. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just and, had and, Ryan, and, and and so when I first did uh, comedy, I would go to these little places. That first time I did, and I got the bug, and I was bidding to go to page four. But then I started just going places, hanging out. But I get up and go to work in the morning. She's like, hey, you know what? Mm -hmm. All this is funny, but I'm gonna give you a year. A year before you. Then you got to keep going. And all this time I worked, and she, you know, all this time I worked, but. Uh, she said, I'm going to give you a year to get this going. And if you don't do it, you're going to just get this comedy thing yeah. up. And so I knew that it was something I had to I had to do. So. Well, because we had a baby and we can't just hang out. I mean, come on. I did say that. And I'm glad I did because he got serious about it, you know. And here we are. <laughs> we didn't break out or anything, but I started. Uh, she, I, you there, started there, getting more popular and well, I think I started. Here and there. She started seeing me work harder at the mm -hmm. craft. She started seeing the, not necessarily the fruits of my labor right away, but she no. she saw how how serious and dedicated I was. Like she would see me writing. She would see me go to clubs and come home after work. She, mm -hmm. you know, so it was, it was. He, he would he was, would literally go to work in at the LA Times all day long, and then in his suit and tie because he's management at this point, and then he would go to wherever all as far as Riverside, as far as. Long, I mean, Long Beach, wherever, you know, and come back home and do it all over again. So I did see your determination. I did see your, you know, you actually being really funny. People started noticing him and that kind of thing. Um, but it didn't. And she just kept getting pregnant. So it was, and, it was like. By myself. Yeah. She kept doing it. I was like, the, every time I come home, you're pregnant. And the, what is wrong with you? Be quiet. And then the fullness of it, your question, to answer your question, the fullness of, of when we started seeing the fruits of his labor, like really? was when I was um, pregnant with our little, our baby girl. We had just bought our first house way out in Rosamond in Antelope Valley. And he was working for the LA Times and he would take time off to go to the Comedy Act Theater in Atlanta, right? Well, she's, the first time okay, yeah. I started seeing benefits out of labor, this cat, they used to have this club called Zeno's on, okay. on Century. And everybody would come to this club. And this cat uh, named T.K. Kirkman, who was a mentor of mine, used to have this club, that club, and they had a club called the Birdland West in Long Beach. Long Beach. Mm -hmm. So I would, TK went on tour with NWA. I was his protege, so he get, he told me you can have these gigs. So I on Tuesday would get three hundred dollars for doing Birdland West, mm -hmm. and then they would give me four hundred dollars for Zeno. So I'm making, I'm going to work every day, and we're making. That's probably some sense because the government might be listening right now. <laughs> You've always but, paid your taxes. But, but, but I would make I made seven hundred dollars mm -hmm. a week doing comedy hustling. Yeah. And so I would come home and I she I give her the money and she would take the money for groceries or she would take the money and put it in the bank. And we were so able to save. And we, we started saving mm -hmm. the money that we so so you know I started she started saying that that 
there was a financial benefit, as small as it was, to to and to me, seven hundred dollars. I was gonna say that back, week. Yeah, that wasn't small back then. And then we like I would do I would do Zenos. I would do uh, the Cadillac Theater. Then I would do uh, warm ups for the Fresh Prince, Prince and yes. to get I would do warm warm ups for the Fresh Prince, and that was fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. a week. So you talk about a dude making fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> on a Tuesday. He leave there, go to the club, on make another three hundred dollars mm-hmm. that night. Then that Thursday, he go a uh, Friday, he goes to Zeno. So I'm, I'm, you know, so she started to see we were getting like ten thousand dollars a month just in LA, just hustling. So she knew I was serious, but I still was working. I still was was doing my job. So that's when I started to see that there was, or I, that's when it started to feel the beginning part. like I was a professional because I was getting, you know, compensated. For. We have three children, Ryan, Kyle, and Tyler. So three. So how was that for me? For I mean, it was my life. It really was. It was having, being home with the kids, being afforded the luxury. And when all other people around me were working, I had to work. And at this point, I mean, he was working so hard so I could stay home with the kids. And truthfully, it started off me staying home with the kids because daycare was so much more. It would, if I was working, it would have taken my whole paycheck. What's the point? And so I was working just to pay daycare so on what I was making per month. And so we we're like, okay, let's just, I'll stay home. You know, we talked about it. I'll stay home. He worked. And that was everything I, I actually wanted. You know, I didn't know I wanted it. But it was so hard for me to leave the oldest, that's, Ryan. That's, it was I, the worst. I, don't rem- I, I can't it was say the worst. that I remember that her paycheck was ba- that uh, was daycare. Was I didn't I don't remember that argument. What I remember is one time she came home from work and she started crying because she missed Ryan so much. Mm-hmm. And then I, she was crying so hard. I said, "Oh, at this point, I'm supposed to say you can. You don't have to work anymore." But I didn't want to say that. But, but I, I didn't did. stop working with. I didn't stop working truthfully until I had Tyler. But I did after Ryan was born. Then Kyle Where, was born. I, I don't remember you. Working Kyle was born 22 months later. After Ryan was born, I went back to work. Got pregnant with Kyle. Kyle was born 22 months after Ryan. I went back to work. And then after I got pregnant with Tyler, that was it. No more work. I went. Desert Storm started, I remember that, and I went into premature labor with Kyle and with Tyler. After I got pregnant with Tyler and went on leave, I just never went back to work. And I didn't go back to work because you got the HBO, he got the first HBO special. I know you didn't go back to work. I know, I know. You're recalling times of work. I have no idea what you're talking about. Whatever. But if I just, I don't remember her working that much. But But I did. The one example I did have is that I grew up around men who would do anything to take care of their families. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I've, I've, I've at times been a horrible person to be around and a, and a hard husband to deal with, the one thing I've never not been is a provider. I've always been able to provide for my family. I've always made sure that they were okay. So it was, it was always my saving grace. So I understood it was the first time I ever felt like a man. You know, because I, I, I lived, we lived two hours out. Mm-hmm. I would have to drive two hours to my job. An hour and a half in the city and two hours back. So I was getting no, I, I literally got three hours of sleep a night. Right. But on sometimes I would be coming home, I'd get, I'd get to come over, I didn't have a gig. And she would keep the kids, she would bathe the kids and she would keep them up. And, and I, I got to see them or I got to feed them or I got to, you know, bathe them or whatever. So I got to, so I got to do, like when they got, when the kids were uh, crying, I would get up in the middle of the night like, yeah. because he'd walk the, she was yeah. so exhausted from, from being, being there home all day. 
even though I was working too. That doesn't make a difference. But so I would get up with them. So it was it was always what you were supposed to do. I've I, I, all it's the one thing I've always been unflinchingly proud of is that I would. I think that my family knows I would do anything to take care of them, and I think that Today, sometimes even still. What what they forgive some of the things I've done. The one thing they could never take away. The one thing we could never have debate about is my commitment to making sure that they're fine. Some of the things that you've done, you were a horrible person. Sure. Oh yeah. So right. What was that? I, well, I've cheated. I've, I've been you know hard to deal with. I've said mean things. I've done mean things. And I, I, I've never uh, been physically abusive, but I, I would say I've been emotionally and spiritually abusive. Yes. So so yeah, I've I've done a lot of things that you know because there's a way I've always seen being a man and being a husband. Like when I grew up, all you had to do as a man. Um, you had to take care of your family. You had to beat the son home, and you had to make sure no, no uh, bullshit came to your house. And I was only successful with one of those. So it's when people uh, talk to me about being married, I know that I love her, and I know that I'm in love with her, and I know that I've done things that that aren't worthy of that. But I don't pretend as if they didn't happen. Even for the purposes of this interview, I won't pretend like I haven't been where I have been. I mean, once I we, I got, we, we had this, I got, of course, in a bad situation. And she said, the one thing I won't let you do is not act like a man. Mm. And I remember, oh, okay, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> so you, you done fucked up, but you can't be a punk now. Don't be a punk now. You've been, and I think that there's a way that we have, I think she's given me grace when I didn't deserve it. And I think there has to be somebody in a relationship, in, in my estimation, mm that does it and does it in a way does it, that it doesn't start to become a burden, like they're, they're becoming a martyr or they're, they're, they're kind of indicting you all the time. So when did you sort of find out that things were happening, that, you know, the indiscretions? <laughs> all the time. I mean, for the beginning. Right. I was going to say very early on. Yeah. So early on that I had two children and I'm like, I, where am I going? You know, I don't want my children to grow up without their father. I was a very young wife, so I didn't know what to do. You know, so I, I'm just, I just went to my source, which is God and went inward and, you know, I didn't talk to a whole lot of people about it. Now I did talk to, a, you know, a girlfriend or two, like, what should I do? You know, this, that, and the other. And of course we, we talked and all of that. And I, I don't know, I just always, I, I believe I saw more of, or I wanted to see, more of the reasons behind it more so than what it was but like what not so much well why i want to know why you did it why because i know i was doing everything as a as a woman and a wife and a mother and a friend so it had to be something more and deeper within himself it wasn't about me and he when he first told me that i didn't get it i'm like oh tell me what it is because i can fix it He's like, it has nothing to do with you. Well, that jacked me up because I'm like, well, shoot, well, then how am I going to fix it? It wasn't for me to fix. It was for us to fix together if I was going to give him that chance. But it wasn't for me as an individual to fix. You know, I, all I could do, if because it was my choice to be here, so all I could do is be here, of course, and, and but I didn't know until a little bit later that I had the right to exercise some 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 stuff. And like, this is not, look now. You know, and it wasn't until a long time after the first discretion that I was I was able to exercise and be heard like this is never OK. And when I did that is when he got what he was doing to me and our relationship and our family more so than any other time, I would say.
I mean, you went from a place of, I want to understand you to doesn't matter. Don't do it. Don't, don't ever do it. I'm serious. It's like that this, we can't survive that because I'm older now and it's just ridiculous. You know, come on. It's just, no. When I said I those think, things, I, don't think for I think me, that's when it shifted for me. I don't think, I never felt like it was bad. I thought men had other women. And I mean, even in the Bible, I, I never thought associated with, with being a moral failing. I thought it was kind of what people did. And when you see the kind of pain that causes to somebody, I don't, I can't I say that I had an epiphany. I think you run out of wind. I, I was watching this movie called Carlito's Way, and he said, you don't rehabilitate, you run out of wind, and you get tired of hurting people, and you get tired of doing it. So, so I think everybody, like in a marriage or a fight, everybody got a plan until they get hit. <laughs> when you do, and it, it got to, to me, it's got to be worth it. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of people, like I grew up watching a woman do things to my father that wasn't even, he wasn't even my real father, but she would do things to him. And I would be like, hey, man, I'm never going to let no woman treat me. I'm never going to do that. So I've, I've, to me, always had a way that I would act in, in defense of things that right. never even ha- some things that never even happened before. So there is there is a way that I am uh, organically in a way I think environmentally I am. But but ultimately, I, I don't want my legacy to have been leaving so many people in your wake. So yeah. that was what I started to think. And I have to say, and as much as I love you, as much as I love him, mm-hmm. that um, belief that men do this, that, or the other has always been asinine to me. It just doesn't make sense. And it doesn't, it's not my belief. I don't co-sign on that. I believe that when you love someone, I'm not saying you don't make mistakes. I've made mistakes. We're human. We're going to make mistakes. But when you have that other person in mind and you love them the way that you love them and you, you would never want to hurt them and you know that that's going to hurt them. So why would you do that? And if you do it, stop, period, just stop it, you know? Um, someone forgives you, you go on and you, you get stronger because of these experiences if you allow it. But if it keeps happening, then that's when it, it starts deteriorating your relationship and you start looking at the person in a different light. And you're like, I don't want to look at you in a different light, but come on, you leave me no choice here. So we got to stop that because I don't want to change my, my perspective of you. My perspective was that's what I always saw. I don't, don't and didn't feel like that was a moral failing. But I did, do feel like there are prices that you pay. I mean, you, you could be right and still cost a lot. Now, if, if the cost to me is the level of respect and admiration and love she has for me, then that might be one I'm not willing to pay. So, but but to me, I've never seen the, the, the reason for making excuses or trying to blame somebody or trying to say she didn't do it. I didn't. I think that that's a, a, you know, a waste of space. I think that you take responsibility for the things you've done. And I, I think that that's the one thing I always tried to do is to never blame. Well, you don't like I, I would hear men say do things and go, well, you if you that's that's not, you know, mm-hmm. you don't. I don't I've never. I try to make my my kind of uh, my vantage point her problem or, or her uh, to to put that the onus on her because it was I know how flawed I have and have been and can be and I was lucky to find uh, the thing that made it better for me. Now I don't think like I don't feel like I have to be fixed to the extent that I'm perfect, but <laughs> but I think even a clock that don't work is right two times a day. But I, otherwise she she'd be bored. I don't want to bore you. I don't want you to be bored. I don't want want you to have fun and and a little excitement every once in a while. 
how long was she the part of the normal for me? From the time I understood what a girl was, like I, I, it didn't. I didn't become a different person because I got married. I shouldn't say that. I, I became a different person in a lot of aspects, but that aspect where I believe that men had more than one woman was never. That didn't just click on when I got when I got married. It just didn't kick, click off when it when yeah. it, when I got married. This wasn't a discussion that we had. This wasn't part of our pipe dream. So I didn't have. I didn't have make preparation for that. I mean, who would? You know, I, I didn't know to do that. Um, and in my background growing up, my dad did that. And I saw what it did to my mom. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. We're going to communicate. We're going to do this, that, and the other. And so I'm not going to say I was blindsided because uh, if I'm completely honest, when I met him, he's got this very charming quality. And so I, I did know in the back of my mind that we would visit this. I knew it would happen. I didn't know how it would happen or how long it would happen or to the degree, but I, I'm like, I made space for that part because I, uh, but not the cheating, the charming, you know, and, and that's, I mean, that's a form of it, I guess, but I didn't make her space for the storms we've weathered. I'll put it like that. I didn't make space for that, but I'm grateful that we have been able to triumph over that because most people don't. And um, for me, I feel that our love and our grace for each other has grown in ways that I never have planned for. And there are many people that know our story. It's not a secret. We're pretty transparent to who we're transparent to. And they are just like very, um, you know, touched, educated, all those kinds of things because of, of our fight to stay committed. And that is a, that is something we said early on just yeah. don't come what may we're, we're committed i didn't want to stay married just to stay married right. i didn't i don't want to say I, I wanted to commit to a thing because it's a thing i do like in a, in a in a world where so many things didn't go right one thing that did and even though <laughs> there's one thing they did and even though i've done a lot wrong and i and, and oftentimes don't feel necessarily worthy of it i know that the chances like this don't come along right now. so I, I i understand uh conceptually what that means but to me I just don't, I don't want to be, uh, I, one of the things I've always been honest about is who I am. I, I do self-assessment and, and I think that that's the one thing we've always uh, known about each other. I don't ever have to be somebody else for her right. and she didn't have to be, like years ago she used to feel like she had to explain me to other people. Mm -hmm. And she, well, I think she still does that, <laughs> but just on Facebook, but that's not the point. Mm -hmm. So it's just when I see a young couple like you all, people would, would, would say that, you know, marriages work or they give you platitudes like that. Somebody got to be able to take a blow. And I'm not talking about a physical one. And somebody got to be able to be a velvet hand. I think that there has to be a time when somebody gives you grace and there has to be a time that somebody accepts it and there has to be a time that uh, you decide what it's worth to you. Mm -hmm. Are you guys more alike or are you more different? More different. different. <laughs> <We're nothing laughs> For sure. Alike. Nothing alike. Nothing alike. I won't say nothing alike. I will say I would say personally we start off being very much different and once we see each other's point of view then we kind of meet in the middle. So I, that's what I would say. He would probably hold on to we're nothing alike, but I would say it's different. I would say women are the Taliban of the relationship. If they do, I will, I'm gonna blow this place up. So no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're alike. But I, I, I think she used to value that more than I. 
kid, mm-hmm. but the only reason I would love her like the way I do is because she's so different than me. Yeah. Why would I want somebody who's like me? So I, you know, I, I wouldn't. That wouldn't be something about that would spark to. So she, she would have to be um, significantly different. I can't say what that is for other people, but for me, it's just I don't really necessarily have a qualities that I would find attractive in someone. Even my oldest daughter and I have some of the same similarities, and, and it, it, it kind of can be uh, tense at times. So I would want even more, I think being around me is, is there's a relative amount of tension probably a lot. But. I don't I don't totally disagree, he is a handful, but he doesn't give himself credit in my opinion for his amazing qualities far outweigh his not amazing qualities. And when I say his not amazing qualities, cause you know, we all know he has this great big opinion and sometimes, you know, it's hard for us as his loved ones to shoulder those opinions because we know his heart and the way that we see him and the things that he does in our family and the judgment that he gets from other people because of his opinions and his big personality while he is genuine and sincere it's hard to to take some time on both ends him saying it and us reading about it and reading people's comments about it and stuff like that so and he hates when when i call out his Amazing qualities because um, no, I, I, it, it, they you know. they I don't necessarily like a, a cheer and a boot pretty much feel the same to me. So I don't necessarily I, I don't gravitate to one or away from one. It's just I've never seen anybody try to explain like she will try to explain me to strangers. Like if no, you only true. knew him, that's true. If you no, if you you just don't know if you know. That's him, like, true. Well, just to know. Well, I know you don't care, but I say <laughs> to know him is to love him because when into a person. Even people that have said not nice things about him, once they talk to him, they go, I never knew he was that this, that, or the other. And I'm like, yeah, because you have your judgment hat on first off what he said. And when he's, he's, like I said, very passionate about what he's saying, and he's being truthful and he's being authentic, but he is so much more than the words that come out of his mouth in a negative way. And it's not negative because he's telling the truth. Look, even now, even now, <laughs> she spent 20 minutes explaining when Kyle was very, very young, um, I remember him being like 15 months, and he would use exaggerated speech in certain areas. He would talk to the end of his breath. Yes, like he, he would talk to the end of his breath, like, you know, but he would use exaggerated speech. Like he would go, the green rug, mommy. You know, he would be very, like, exaggerated. And, but, but he um, was very early knowing his colors, his shapes, his, and he was almost methodical about it. You know, it was very, like, determined to, over and over and over, we had to talk about the colors and the shapes and all that. I'm like, hmm. So I just started like, hmm. It's funny because watching him. for a long time, she, my mother used to say that that's how I was. And she, she saw a lot of how I acted in him for at first. So at first it wasn't. But the, but the sweet parts. Yeah. The, no, I'm not being funny. <laughs> okay, I could identify. I'm like, hey, because he's, he, he can be repeti- <laughs> repetitive and, and things have to be a certain way before he goes on stage or just crazy stuff. I mean, to, to other people, but I'm like, okay, that's whatever it is, what it is. But with Kyle, it wasn't that kind of stuff yet. Cause he was just so small. So from that came him, um, you know, being fixated on the planets and the Greek clouds. gods and the clouds and all of that. And so I just, I would just watch him when he was in preschool, he would sit in the door way all the other kids were in a semicircle he'd be in the doorway like just doing all this with his fingers and i'm like but he's not being disruptive so let me just well just keep watching him bottom line is 
when he we transferred schools, we moved uh, to West Hills, they were saying that Kyle was being defiant because he was sitting on his legs and he would sit to the side. But I'm like, well, when you call on him, is, is he answering you? Is he giving you the right answer? And the teacher's like, yes, he is. Well, we ended up meeting with the principal, meeting with this teacher who tried to label our son this, that, or the other. And so my sister, who's in education, she's an administrator, she says, do not get him tested at school. Get him tested at a, you know, another facility. So I took it upon myself to call UCLA and they're like, oh my gosh, we have the best person for you, Dr. BJ Friedman. She is the best. If you want to get him tested, let me like, yes, we want to get him tested. So we went there. He did puzzles, he did this, that, or the other. And she comes back, she goes, your son is gonna be an amazing gentleman and a great asset to society down the line, but this is what's going on. <laughs> We're like, okay. I think it's gonna be something later, but right, right now. And so she said, <laughs> you don't worry about him what, one bit. Don't, you know, keep keep doing what you're doing, but you have to be consistent. It's, his thing is more social than anything else. He's amazingly smart, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, we're like, okay. And I was like eating it all up. Cause I'm like, finally, I have information and I can relate to it. And she gave us this thick pamphlet full of, uh, folder rather full of information on Asperger's. I had never heard of Asperger's. I heard of autism, which of course Asperger's is on the spectrum. Now they don't even, it's not even separate. Now it's just all as, uh, as I mean, uh, autism. I, early on, like I remember she said that they thought it came from the paternal. Uh, well, the, gen, well, it could be genetic yeah. so, or whatever. And, but. and so that made me feel bad. So I've done this thing to my son. So. So I was always a little bit ashamed, you know, because I think every father wants his son to be a great athlete or, you know, but so, so that there was always, there was that thing where you kind of go, I don't, but then I, I realized when they used to tell me Kyle was defiant, what I recognized a long time ago is that defiance is what gives young black men killed because mm-hmm. the, the most uh, young black men who are in prison are I have learning disabilities. They are dyslexic in some way, audio or idio. They, they can't hear or they can't understand the process. 85% of men in prison. So to a uh, somebody of a different culture, somebody culturally different, that may seem mischievous or he dances to his own beat. Right. When it's my, our culture, somebody gets killed. And I knew right away that I would have to prepare him for a world that wasn't like the world she wanted for him. Like she was, I she was, was a coddler, and I was like, I, I and just, he's like, I, get I in the like, game. I can't, like, I can't, I can't, I can't let him do this because it will cripple him. It really, it, it will, it'll be. You could literally get your son killed by not getting him ready for a world that won't see him that way. So it, to me, it was always, when, when do you jump in and start stop letting her? I think for a long, a lot of his existence, a lot of his growing up, I failed him. I'm like, I'm not getting him ready. And I was scared to death that I would, if you fail your son, he dies. He could die. Not my, not my daughters. I knew they'd be all right. But I didn't know how to make him ready for this world and see it clear so he could see what's coming. Like everybody tells you, put your hands on the wheel or stay away from this or don't do this. Black boys don't get that kind of And you know it. But, but who got you ready? So how would you know to get him ready? But... So, for me, it wasn't about uh, vanity. It was about how do I make this boy ready to, to for a world that, like, if something happens to me tomorrow, I know my son is going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's relatively new for me. I didn't always know that. I was, I, I literally was scared to get sick because I said, like, if something happens to me, he'll, he'll be lost. And so, 
it, it was always when I knew that it was if we if I don't do this right, I'm going to lose him because this world takes our children like they're like they're nothing. I can't. I, I just and I knew she didn't see that. I knew she was always oh he'll get it together when it's time or he'll do this or he'll do that. And I think me and her father, who, who has always been in our life, knew that that was a reality. And what I feel horrible about is when it's a young woman who's by herself, because I think the reason that one of the biggest reasons that children with learning disabilities succeed or fail is predicated on who they have in their lives and and what those people facilitate for them. So it was, it was I, I knew right away that either we would get this right or we would have a problem. I, I just wouldn't let him quit or relax. And that's uh, like when people say stuff like that, it used to seem unfair to her. She was, she was suffice it to say, very, very protective of him. Yeah. And everybody in his life was like, when you go to school, people were protective of him. His sisters were protective of him. I, it would frustrate me because it seemed like this is the part of the game that only I know. And I think knowing what I knew, and I, so it would frustrate me that they, were, they would get in the way of what I knew I had to do. But the thing is, I would see things as Kyle got older, I would see his frustration, I would see his desperation, and I would tell Daryl, like, you need to go check on him, you need to talk to him, because I'm asking him things and he's not being truthful with me, and I know as his mother, there's something going on with him. And at the time, he would be like, eh, you know, he's just, he's, I don't know what he was thinking, but he wouldn't go in there and see about him. And it wasn't until my, our son divulged that he was like literally considering taking his life, that he like literally said, tomorrow, you're going to work with me, period. And it's been, I'm not saying it's been, well, it's been very amazing, but I'm not saying it's been easy because as, as his mother, there's a part of me that's always like, what's going on with you? You know, what, I'm looking at his eyes, you know, tell me what's going on with you. And, and are you okay? Are you happy? You know, he's like, mom, I'm fine. But I'm like, I, I can't chance that, you know? And I, I knew it. I saw it coming. And well, I, I remember when, we, and I was telling you and you're like, when I remember we sent him, I sent him to a store down the street from here to, mm-hmm. to sell a watch, to get the money from a watch. I saw so this guy is a great friend of mine, a great friend of our family. Mm-hmm. He's been in our life for a long time. My son walks in there with a watch and the security guard pulls a gun, pulls a gun and was gonna made him lay on the ground. And, uh, uh, and it was in Calabasas, it was here. And mm-hmm. I remember he called me and told me what had happened. I instantly know every man I know Every man I knew had had a gun. It, it, it had always been an experience. It wasn't a foreign experience to me, and it wasn't a foreign experience to her grandfather, to her grandfather. But I think to her father, to my dad. But when when he he came home, she was in the room trying to comfort him, and I went to the room and I said, "Now you understand. When you look a certain way, you dress a way. This is this is this is the gig. This is what happens." And so we started having conversations mm-hmm. that were more unvarnished then. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. one time her father said she wouldn't help her with the groceries. And he said, he wouldn't help me with like, groceries. Stop yeah. acting like a bitch. And she got so upset with her father I that I had to go talk to him. And uh, I still don't like that he said that. But I go in Kyle's room. I said, he said, I said, what did your papa call? He said, he told me to stop acting like a bitch. I said, well, you're acting like one. He said, what does that mean? I said, you saw a woman struggling with groceries. You saw your mother. You see your sisters. 
Do you see me drafting it? You see, there are th things that it costs to being a man, and one of them is making sure women, is, women are all right. And when you don't do that, people think of that as a, a bitchy attitude. And if you don't like the way that feels, don't do it. And he he would have these stark lessons, and all of a sudden, now you, if you tried to go into From a that house day before forward, Kyle, yep. if you literally tried to go in the house before, I said a man never sits with his uh, toward his back toward a door. I said, and I, I'll never like a man who my daughters bring home. Either who, who sits with his back toward the door with him. Either he's oblivious or selfish, in my estimation. You're oblivious to what goes around or you don't care. And so now if we go out, it's these two dudes arguing over who's going to sit toward the door because he's so literal, mm -hmm. you can't do it. There are things along the way that you know that you do and maybe you've been so literal <laughs> you can't unhook from them. But <laughs> I, I, I just think now I, I know that he... I just know that he's gonna be all right, but it was it was, but I didn't know that till like I think this three years ago. Maybe maybe we we lived here and, and I I had uh, a, but there were always things he could do like he could drive, but he had a car for a long time and he wouldn't drive. And he could drive, but only certain places. He would only go certain places and do certain. He would go mm -hmm. to crime a guy, he'd come right back. He'd take the same route home. Mm -hmm. One day I was coming going to work on the radio. This couldn't have been two years ago. I was going mm -hmm. to work on the radio. It was about two years ago. And I, my daughter always went and got gas if I were running behind. So she was like with her little selfish ass. She, of course, wasn't able to do it. He said, Dad, I'll do it. So he went and got gas. And to a lot of people, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. But to me, he he, uh, he, he changed everything right there. And, and he knew what that meant. And I knew what it meant. Now, he got the wrong kind of gas. So he ended up fucking my engine up, but that's not that's not that's not the point. Uh, no, but <laughs> he started doing things because he knew he was expected mm -hmm. to, and he pushed himself, and now he pushes himself so that you 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 know that that what you've done is starting to sink in. He's gonna be all right. Honestly, the the hardest for me, the hardest for me, is him not understanding his worth what i how i see him that's hard that's really hard for me it's hard to continue to I, it's hard for me to see him a certain way he not see himself that way and so that for me sometimes has us at a hurdle that we can't ever seem to get over so that's what i would say him not seeing himself the way that i see him i'm not on you it's not hard for me I, mean, I think it's hard. It's harder for her. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't like. I'm not saying she's perfect. Like sometimes she talks a lot. Or, <laughs> like if you ask her to do something, she always forgets. You know, she. Yeah. My my wife never takes care of anything. You're not supposed to say never. You're not supposed to say never she, and always. She always say it. Just, You're not. If you need for her to do something, even if it's very important. It ain't gonna happen the first time. That's true. Well, it depends it on what it, it is. I, it's not. I don't care what it is. It's it never gonna on what happen it is. the first time. It's never gonna happen. Did you do that? I was gonna do it today. Like she, <laughs> she's that's so. If it's like personal stuff like that, she, she, she is so juvenile. Like she won't. I'm not juvenile. She is. She, no. she, she won't. Hey, baby, this is on here. Could you send it to the business manager? I will. 
And then she gets mad that she didn't do that, that you are irritated that she didn't do it. it so it's a little personal stuff like that, but never, never she's not. And it's never <laughs> like it's, it's so. If, if that's the most difficult thing, <laughs> honey, did you remember I came in? So one thing that I think is maddening and both uh, just charming to me is how oblivious she is. If I say, <laughs> take this, but only spend this much. Okay. She, she never, like, there's never, um, like, I don't mind. If I say, just, do we have this, do, do that. She never spends the right amount, and then she always justifies it. And then she pretends like it didn't happen. Like, she doesn't I don't pretend want- it didn't happen. I do. No, you're right about the first two things. I don't pretend it didn't happen. I can't do, pretend it go, didn't happen. I say, honey, how much did you spend? $700. And then it'll be like a four hundred dollars thing. So, oh well, that was that was. So it's all. <laughs> but I don't pretend I didn't do it. You do because then you pretend like you didn't know. No, your happened. perception is that I pretend. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. That's, but I don't that's, pretend. It's, it's, it's that kind yeah. of shit right there. She acts like a little like she. No. There's no discernible difference between the way she acts and my grown ass daughter. No. There's no discernible. Like they. That's selective. That's that, that's just to you know. Like she doesn't. Because I like know her what money, to do. I'll give her money and then I'll say, "Hey, honey, you have money." She never does, but you just gave her money. Like she thinks her money is if for her. If he asks you, "Do you have money?" Do you say it's you have always, money? So you stuff, better not. Exactly. It's stuff like that. It's that's what like I'm that. talking so about. It's never, so to me, it's so not, that's that's not just me. It's, it's not. I don't. I don't have those kind of things where I don't. <laughs> or if she's tired, she won't cook. Like you, she'll say, "Well, you were out of the meat, didn't you eat?" She like, okay, she, but she, he'll she, come she, home at like ten thirty at night talking about what's in there to eat. Yeah. I'm like, "You were just out." See? I'm not. And if not the kid gets sick, she won't take it. That's true. Now, if they have a cold, when they yeah. were little, I did. But not when, even when they were. No, and when they were little, I did a cold. When they were little, I did. That's of course, right. I did. Now they're grown, and I don't want to get sick. I don't. And they say if mom's sick, the whole house shuts down. And that's true. No, I can't the, get sick. the whole house couldn't shut down because you don't get sick. It I isn't don't. going to shut down. So you, no, it won't. He does. He definitely takes care of them when they're sick now. I, I, it's not that I don't, but I don't. Like, he'll go in there, kiss all on them, and, you know, take them soup and all that. I'm like, your soup's ready. You know, come get it or yes, whatever. So and every, I'll stuff. take it. I'll hold my breath. So it's like a family Sometimes joke. Sometimes I don't know if I have all daughters. You know you have a wife and two daughters. Like they'll, they'll like, if you give them something, you got to get her something. If that, I spend, honey, if I take Tyler somewhere, I got to take her honey, somewhere. That's, so that's, that's like, so that's it's, so it's many people's like stories. That. That's nothing. It's stuff like that. It's not, it's not, there's not a thing. Like, unlike her, I don't have a story. Right. That is a nagging, uh, soul-wrenching kind of thing she, that I have to deal with. Oh, that's that. sweet. I just wish she would do what she's supposed to do <laughs> and be quiet sometimes. But other than that, I can't be quiet. I cannot. That, it's not hard for her. Mm-hmm. She would be perfect if she couldn't <laughs> talk and would remember stuff. To do stuff. Yeah. I'll give you that. The, the, give, the do stuff. Yeah. And, but, and, and stop but the other taking stuff, my money. Oh, no. That's never going to happen. That that's be. never going to happen. And, and driving my car when yeah, I got on that's gas. never gonna happen either. Stuff like that. He had the nerve to say that's my car. I'm like, no, honey, it's our our it's car. Not. It's your, my name's on it. Your name's on it. It's our car. I get that that's your car. You drive mainly. You can't say that's my she car. She only out of opens it. stuff when checks are in. Like if it's if it's my, like like and and I open the mail, but not the mail that look like a bill. She won't do that. Our bills like, don't come here. When it's just something, it's two hospital bills up there right now that you that are open. That you just leave there, yeah. like they're gonna just pay themselves, and they don't. Well, they don't. I know, honey. I do fax them or 
You don't. Honey, I do take a picture and send them to I do. I okay, promise. Okay, then why are they up there? Are they open? Yeah, they That's open. because the picture has okay, been taken. Okay, I'm going to call them. As soon as they I don't make. care. You can't say never I, and always. I'm not, I'm not right? really, I, I literally don't worry about what people think of me. I, I literally, I, I think no, that's I, true. But I do, and I, and I, do, like, I, if we have an argument, I'll say that I'm not sorry for what I said. I, I don't like that you're hurt, but I'm not sorry for what I said. But she will go, you should be sorry. But that's, this is but new. And this is, to me, this is an older like man thing that he's just like I'm not saying I'm sorry and like he used to always say he was sorry but, and, let's, but and, and get it over with like I, let's just get I over would it. say I'm sorry so you would be quiet and you wouldn't so why is the point and of so doing it and so now when he doesn't say he's sorry I, that hurts my feelings I'm like why would you not say you're sorry and you know you can see my feelings are hurt I don't care if it I'll say I love you, you. I'll say I know but you but have to say I you're sorry no, no because I'm not because you I am not saying anything wrong. We're not equal. When I say something, I mean it. What do you mean we're I, not equal? We're not equal. Like in other words, if you, you you will try to beat me to get mad about some stuff, like you'll try to beat me to get mad. Like I'm like, why? Well, I'm I'm not. I am not wrong for saying this. And you are you, wrong if you hurt someone's feelings. You're not wrong if you hurt someone's you feelings. You are. You're not. You should you're say not. you're sorry if you hurt someone's feelings. I'm not going to say I'm sorry when I don't mean it. I'm not going to. Well, you should. Because it makes the other person feel better. Uh, okay. I'm not saying that you should say you know sorry just to be saying. You, I'm not saying you should say sorry just to say you're sorry. I'm simply saying you should say sorry if you hurt somebody's feelings. You are saying I should say I'm sorry no, just to say I'm sorry. I'm saying you, you are. You, you should say, say I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. I'm not but, going to say but I'm, But I meant what I said. That's what I'm saying. I, I, that, I, that, those don't even exist in the same sphere. How can you say I'm sorry uh, I'm sorry hurting. I hurt you. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, but I really, but I, I didn't say what I said to hurt your feelings, and so I'm sorry if your feelings got hurt. All right. You guys are hilarious. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel bad. Are you living all of those dreams that you talked about when you were writing, when you were both at the LA Times? And more. I am living those dreams and more. I'm, I'm living, I'm living a life that I, I didn't imagine in that the capacity to love this way, the capacity to still want to be here, the capacity to um, have the lifestyle that we've been afforded because of what he does, that I had no clue he even possessed this talent. Our children, hands down. So heck yeah. I mean, we both still have our parents and the friends and family that we have, the friends that are family. So I'm, we're more, I'm more than living the dream, I have to say, our dream that we that our pipe dreams more than. I, I just want to dream that he apologizes. How about that? <laughs> no, even when he doesn't apologize, I still take him. Yeah. I would have to say that I still feel exactly the same way. I still love her. I still am in love with her. I still know that she counts on me and believes in me, and I still feel responsible for... I, she's still a coach, and she maps out the plan, and I try to make it happen. And I still feel like I can. I got my... Hair, my teeth, my faculties, and my, and my woman. So I guess I just wish she would <laughs> be quiet sometimes. Never.